0: The Bavada at Odds Podcast.
1: My name is Seth Everett. I'm joined by the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow, as we break down the latest odds in all the major sports. NFL week to week as the playoffs are upon us, we'll break down the latest odds plus the futures. It's the Bavada at odds podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcast. The Underdog Sports MLB Show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Vidorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 105 of the Underdog Sports MLB show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Midorski. Bryce, I'm gonna say this is the first time we are doing a show together in your apartment, certainly in the new year. Is it true?
0: Wow. Um, Definitely been a month.
1: Has there not done one since January 1st? Oh, because I took a month off. You took a month off. I was rocking with Sam and, you know, both of us with Andrew gone in Colorado and, you know, you just holding down the fort here solo in the East Village. It was just easy and practical to just do Zooms and bust out the podcast. Yeah, because even when I took that month
0: off to focus on my day job, I... What? I was probably going to—the joke was in the works,
1: but the words didn't come out on time. That happens from time to time. Uh, Baseball's right around the corner. We are right around two weeks from opening day. It's two weeks from this Thursday, April 1st. Uh, I did look into what Yankees Blue Jays tickets would look like for opening day. And, uh, you know, the issue is now with COVID, StubHub has, I think, for the common fan in a lot of ways, at least this season— kind of gone by the wayside because you can't just get one ticket no matter where you go. You have to get them in the pods.
0: Yeah, that's true across sports. I know when I was out in Colorado, I really looked into buying tickets to Lakers Jazz.
1: So, it's like as much as I want to go opening day, hey, I I, just, I don't need to pay a couple hundred bucks just for the sake of being there the first time the Yankees are back in the stadium. I supposedly have tickets the following Monday with our season tickets, although our ticket rep Uh, who I love to death, and I'm not taking this as a slight of him at all. He knows nothing right now, which is fine. The entire ticket industry knows nothing right now. This is not my specific ticket rep. In fact, I'll give him a shameless plug. If you need Yankee tickets, hit up the Raw Dog, Ezra Rawdon. I'm a big fan. Chase, Chase, Chase. The Raw Dog, that's my nickname for him. Does he know that's your nickname? No, no. You cannot
0: tell podcast listeners to hit up the Raw Dog. Ezra Rawdon, the Raw Dog. Oh, jeez. I'm happy. Well, I'll, I'll flip him. Or hit me
1: up. I can get you tickets. I know a guy. All of which to say, baseball's back soon. Might be a little bit harder to get there. Unless you are in the state of Texas. Uh, so I have this later in the notes, but you're wearing a cowboy hat right now. so I'll, I'll just I go. wear this
0: fucking cowboy hat all the time. I am embarrassed.
1: I'm embarrassed that when I had to take a picture for your new work ID, you wouldn't let me take a picture of you in the cowboy hat. Chase, uh, I think that picture... Is just fine without the cowboy hat. It is certainly goofy enough without it. But you know, there's a list right now on ESPN.com uh, that's constantly being updated of what teams will be having fans in the stands. Uh, right now, I think even in some limited capacity, every team is going to have fans opening day. Uh, I think the biggest holdout was probably California Cal-
0: and, and uh, Chicago was late.
1: And uh, Ka- so the Illinois, uh, the Illinois government. I'm going to circle back to Chicago in one second. Um, Gavin Newsom obviously letting fans into California was big. Um, but what do you make of the fact that, you know, I know the Texas Rangers, Global Life Park, they have this brand new stadium that they haven't played a regular season game in yet. Um, but a regular season game with fans in the stands, sorry. Uh, but they're going to be letting 40,000 plus fans in opening day. Uh, I know we're not doctors, you're closer to one than me, but uh, this just can't be a good idea to help prevent the spread of COVID. I know Texas has pretty much said we don't give a shit at this point, but this just seems like an absolute recipe for disaster.
0: Short of our friend who's in a, who's currently in med school, I'm probably the best fake doctor we have in our group. We have a friend who's in med school right now? Dude, you should edit this out in case he listens.
1: Do we not have a friend? In, is Clyde not in med school? Oh my god, I totally forgot. Tra- you know why I don't think of him as in med school? Uh, no, I'm going to give you an honest answer, because I've been calling him Dr. Clyde since we're 17 years old. So so to me, he's past that. Well, he's not. So yeah, obviously he's, he's literally not past that. Um, but yes, other than Dr. Clyde, you would be the expert. Continue.
0: It's like at some point these people. It, I look. I am. I've taken every precaution uh, when it comes to COVID, minus a few, minus a few uh, extracurricular traveling endeavors. But when I'm in New York, it's on lockdown. Out of the area code, it makes sense. Uh, but like when I'm out of out of sight, out of mind, I do what I, I do. My thing. Different guy. Letting 40,000 people into a contained environment, disastrous potential. Absolute recipe for disaster. I mean, I think really, I, I'll give the, uh, the NFL a shout out because I did go to an NFL game on one of those, uh, on one of those trips. And this, with a limited capacity, the spacing was really well done.
1: But I mean, 40,000, what is that, 80%? Well, 40,000, I'm going to be honest, is a number that I just pulled out. But, um, you know, they they're they have full capacity. So whatever that full capacity is, 40,000 I mean, was a number that I saw somewhere. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure they'll say, oh, they're – I mean, they
0: are probably points to it being an outdoor venue as some sort of rationale behind it. But and, it's really and they dangerous. do have
1: social distance sections, air quotations right now. But I think it's bad. And it's interesting you mentioned Chicago um, because the – Ricketts and Wrigley Field just announced that they are canceling all summer concerts, uh, which again, concerts and baseball games, not apples to apples, but the Cubs are gonna sell out Wrigley every game even with this year's diminished on field product and uh, to me that does not bode well for fans increasing in attendance at Wrigley throughout the summer
0: um they're secondary the Ricketts don't get as much of the gate receipt for com uh, they don't get I don't think they get any of the gate I think they only get the uh like the concessions. I'm not sure what the exact financial... The financials are on it, but they definitely have more of an incentive
1: to host people for baseball games. And I think ultimately the Rickets have shown they don't give a shit what you think. Credit to them for that. There's also a nuance to this that the average
0: fan wouldn't know, so I'll give people a minute to get a pen and paper out. Okay? The way that... The way that... Uh, that labor works in this country. It, it, it takes a union. Uh, it takes a member of the union to do simple things at venues like arenas and baseball stadiums. So to even do something simple, like turn on the lights for a concert, they have to get the entire staff, The enti- every unionized member has to be in the building for that to operate. So that's a lot of extra spending out of the rickets that they probably don't want to afford. They don't want
1: to, co- they don't want to spend on, if they're not getting as much revenue on the back end like they would with a baseball game. So to bring this introduction full circle, opening day, April 1st, two weeks away. And if you want to go, you're going to have to get some buddies and buy tickets in a pod. You can't go solo and hope to meet your love of, the future love of your life, your future life in the Yankee game, which is my dream. Instead, I'll probably be going with you. I mean... We don't even have to go to a Yankee. You want to just give you more labor laws? I can give you more labor. You want to hear more about labor and unions? No, only because I actually have some labor uh, topics of discussion later on revolving uh, revenue sharing and why this is probably going to contribute even more to a lockout after the season. Uh, but we'll jump right into spring training before we get to the news cycle. Spring training standings in the Cactus League. Last place are the Reds, 4-10. First place after an offseason that we both gave very high marks to. Kansas City Royals, 12-3. and 3.
0: How about them Royals?
1: Look, we uh, they're, they're not a team that's going to jump off the page, but all they did this off season was add so many solid big league players. And uh, I think that's a better. Ultimately, if you're a team that's not going to compete right away, that's what you should be doing. You don't break the bank, you add solid big league talent that you're not gonna have to lock up long term. And uh, you know, a similar comparison is what you're seeing with the Knicks right now to bring it you know into the basketball world. The Knicks had all this cap space, and rather than spending a ton of money on a Fred Van Fleet type, you know, they signed the likes of... Nerlens. Nerlens, Alec Burks, they brought back Reggie Bullock. uh, Traded for D. Rose. Traded for D. Rose. You know, all these veterans who filled a very specific need, and it's working. Not to make this a basketball
0: podcast, but everything you said gets blown by the wayside if they trade for Andre Drummond. Even though it's a one-year one year left. But how next would it be to give up a first-round pick for Andre Drummond?
1: I'm not even going to uh, give this thought any more of my time and energy because it will just make me upset. Uh, Grapefruit League, last place, 4-11, the Baltimore Orioles. Yanks sitting in first at 11-4. and uh, Again, don't put too much stock into this, Yankee fans. You know, two of the four teams we play are the uh, Pirates and, and the Tigers, Woeful. who will probably be two of the bottom three or four teams in the major leagues. Uh, but one Yankees note that I do want to make is uh, how good the starting rotation has looked. I actually said to you before that Garrett Cole has objectively looked the worst of any of the Yankee starters, which again, it's spring training, whatever, who cares. Um, but, but how reassuring is it as a Yankee fan uh, to see Kluber, Tyon, Montgomery, even Herman coming back from the time off? Debbie Garcia as a young pitcher. I mean, all of these guys have not only avoided injury thus far, uh, but have looked really, really sharp throughout spring training. You're,
0: this is a bad answer, but I take zero stock in any spring training,
1: not just I, in any sport. I, all these games, I don't, I don't take account any of this stuff. I only take stock in the pitchers, to be honest with you. Um just because I think if a pitcher's velocity and mechanics are off in spring training, that's a big warning sign for the rest of the season. And I think I, w- I would say it's and I think for the Yankees rotation specifically, given Montgomery last year was his first full year back from Tommy John. Kluber pitched eight innings last year or uh, eight innings. I think he pitched an inning, maybe eight pitches. I think it was an inning and <laughs> Yeah, I think it may have been two may have been two thirds. And Tyon and Herman didn't pitch at all. You know, the fact that those guys have just delivered so far. A really good problem to have for the Yankees, which has been nice. I
0: just don't. I I think spring training, you look at it as okay. This
1: isn't a disaster. That's fair. You don't necessarily look at the good. You just need to make sure it's not bad. Yeah. So moving to the league leaders in spring training, home run leaders, you got a three way tie: Joey Gallo, Jack Peterson, and Corey Seager with five. Um, I'm going to next week is when we're going to do our award previews. Corey Seager, dark horse MVP pick to me. I mean, the NL just—we we spoke about it on
0: Saturday in the car. The NL has, and we spoke about it on this podcast between Acuna, Soto, Mookie Betts, Tatis.
1: Oh, I mean, it's, I think it's loaded. I mean, you can make an argument that Seager is the third best MVP candidate in his own lineup behind Betts and Bellinger. I just think you saw what he did in the playoffs last year. He won NLCS and World Series MVP. Always done his hit so far in spring training, and uh, he's in a contract year. He's in a contract year at. A historically deep free agent class at shortstop. Uh, I like Seeger to really deliver this year, but we will see what happens. RBI leaders, uh, Corey Seeger and Bobby Bradley of the Cleveland Baseball Club uh, tied at 11. Uh, your batting average leader, Tyler O'Neill and Jock Peterson at 500, and OPS leader, Jock Peterson, at 1.78. I feel like the Jock Peterson to the Cubs move didn't necessarily get quite the love that it should have. Uh, so I'll just ask you this, uh, you know, no bells and whistles. You get one player for this year. Would you rather have Jock Peterson or Kyle Schwarber, the man uh, who Jock replaced in Chicago? Um, I think Jock. I just kind of, I, Schwarber in the field is always, you never know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, I mean, with Jock, Jock is certainly an upgrade defensively. Uh, the only concern I have with Peterson is he's more or less been a platoon player his whole career. Well, oh, I mean, Schwarber gets hurt a ton. But the years, well, I was going to say, I'm with you on Jock. The years that they've let Jock play, I mean, this is a former All-Star who's got multiple 30 homer years uh, and a shit-ton of postseason experience. Not that Schwarber doesn't have that, but, like, Jock is a big game player. I mean, Jock's been to three World Series the last four years. Always something to be said about that. Moving to the pitching side, your wins leaders. uh, That is zero wins. That is not what I want. Uh, Two wins. There's a lot of guys. So I'm just going to go with the top three. Chase Anderson, Mad Bum, and Garrett Cole. And I'll ask you this. How do you do you like Mad Bum to bounce back this year now that he's finally healthy ish? Or uh, do we think last year was the start of a decline that's just gonna keep going downhill this year? I mean Mad Bum is one of the more interesting careers.
0: He has ne- I mean he's had he's had good he's been good. He's had good regular seasons. I think he's like a four time all star, we'll call it. But he I mean, Mad Bum makes his money off postseason games. And Diamondbacks aren't sniffing the postseason. Diamondbacks don't project to be a postseason team. So, I mean, what's really the value of Madden? I
1: mean, could he be an all, could he be the uh, Diamondbacks' All Star rep? Sure. I mean, look at the end of the day, it's not that it's not like he's draining that much money from the payroll. I think he's making sixteen a year, so it's not like they gave him twenty to twenty five million to just drain it. But it'll be interesting to see if he bounces back. You know, hopefully, he laid off the ranch a little bit this year. He you know wasn't chasing cattle as much.
0: Yeah, he likes to do that.
1: What was his? He had a funny name. I forget. It was porn
0: star esque, like Dallas, Texas, or what was it, Madison? I think it was Madison Saunders.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, Your two strikeout leaders tied at sixteen. Trevor Bauer at sixteen. But the one guy I want to highlight is Jacob Degrom. Uh, Degrom threw six innings today, or he threw four innings today. I think he struck out six, gave up one run. Um, But last week, Degrom in his start came out and threw multiple pitches, one hundred two miles per hour. Which is ridiculous. His spring training stats this year: uh, nine innings, three hits, one earned, one walk, sixteen strikeouts, just point forty four whip. I tweeted this out. You know, as much as we as Yankee fans love Garrett Cole, is there any way you can make a somewhat compelling argument that Jacob Degrom isn't the best starting pitcher in baseball?
0: No. There, there's no, the short answer. No,
1: you can try to, but he's the best. He's he's the best pitcher in baseball. Is he your pick, I mean, again, not to not to put you on the spot or to jump ahead to next week, is he your pick to win a third Cy Young this year? He won't be, but
0: I don't know what Bavada has that line at, but he's got to be, what? Plus, he's the favorite. Plus 150.
1: If that, as crazy as it is. Uh, believe it or not, though, DeGrom has a .44 whip and is not leading all spring training starters in whip. There's one guy who has gone nine innings, .33 whip. So three walks or hits? He's allowed two hits. And one walk in nine innings. Who do you think it is? It's got to be Harvey. No. It's got to be Felix. Felix actually left his star with an injury today. So God damn it, Felix. Not, not ideal for oh, us. Oh, fuck. Uh, so it's
0: not Harvey. It's one. a guy. Teron?
1: Nope. It's another vet guy who you know I love, though. Bueno, 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 Keeping it going. Carrying the fantasy team. Are again. him and Yachty just going to play together in St. Louis till they're like 41 years old or they just don't want to play anymore? No, they'll go to the Angels. and No, because Pujols is leaving. I
0: miss Pujols. I mean, I don't know how Cardinals fans don't miss Pujols.
1: Even though they probably laughed at the Angels for giving him that contract. How do they not, uh, How do they not miss Pujols? Because they have Paul Goldschmidt. And Arenado. That's, and I, that's the simplest answer. I think I'd rather have... Would you rather have Goldschmidt and Arenado or Pujols? Peak Pujols? No. Now? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd take the two for one. But in their peak... I think it would be Bulls. No, because Aronado... I mean, Aronado...
0: Hopefully those Cardinals, the Cardinals do well and Aronado gets like real national attention this year. It'll be nice. It, like we said, when that trade happened, it's... it's There's it's, another
1: guy I have over Seeger in the MVP. He'll be a trendy pick. Um, but Aronado, it was nice. And we said this when he got traded that as bad as it was for the Rockies, Arenado got traded to a city and a fan base that will appreciate him more than any other in baseball. And he will go into Cooperstown as a Cardinal. Uh, And pretty much for everyone outside of the state of Colorado, that's pretty cool. I would say Denver specifically,
0: because I was in the entire state of Colorado recently. They didn't seem to really know what was going on. About the Rockies or just about life? Life for sure. Life for
1: sure. (laughs) Rockies too. All right. So talking about a guy who has uh, a ton of national attention, and we're going to bring this back to the basketball world. That's the king, LeBron James. I know we say Felix Hernandez is the king because he was the king first, but... Sometimes Clayton Kershaw is the king. LeBron is the king of the world, and uh, this is pretty amazing. Him and his business manager, Maverick Carter, each joined the Fenway Sports Group as partners. They're the first and only black partners in the Fenway Sports Group history. And uh, pending MLB approval, that would mean that they will become... Part owners of the Boston Red Sox, uh, they've also become partial owners of other FC, FSG subsidiaries including the NASCAR team, Roush Fenway Racing, NESN, and Fenway Sports Management. Uh, again, this is one of those things, it's like how Mahomes owns a portion of the Chiefs. We won't know how much LeBron owns. Mahomes
0: owns a portion of the Royals, and
1: he plays for the Chiefs. In theory, he owns the Chiefs though. I mean, there, any decision I think is going through Mahomes. You think that they cut two offensive linemen? That went through Mahomes. homes. They just signed another one, though. They signed Joe Thurney, the top guard on the market, at least. Uh, but back to LeBron. I mean, look, I don't know what this means long-term, but the fact that LeBron is getting into baseball uh, and the fact that one of the well, most LeBron, prominent black athletes and activists is buying into ownership of a Boston team, that's pretty cool to me. One,
0: I'd say focus on the Boston side first. It, they, they needed it. They needed an African-American in the ownership room. They need. Boston, I don't know, I, look, this is not from personal experience, but you hear a lot of reports about Boston being the racist city. And their fans have done pretty bad. Like if, Adam, you need, if you need
1: an anecdote for that, look up uh, Adam Jones. Adam Jones, Yeah. yes. And he was not the first person to make a statement like that. No. Uh, so that's great. Um,
0: LeBron, probably the most famous athlete going right now, I'd say. Maybe you saw,
1: uh, of U.S.-based athletes. LeBron, definitely the most famous. Shout out to Pikachu, by the way, for winning a poll I had last week. Who was known more around the world, Pikachu or Derek Jeter? Pikachu won in a landslide. Jeter got one vote. Yeah,
0: it's Pikachu. Uh, Do
1: you think he's more well-known than LeBron?
0: No, because LeBron has Olympics. LeBron has Olympic uh, standing, and the NBA is big in China. I, at what point you know, LeBron is going to retire, we'll say, in the next four or five years? i, I got to get back to my LeBron. Save this for the end. My thing with LeBron... Like LeBron, you used to be a Yankees fan. Sometimes you're a Cleveland Baseball Club fan. You're a Dodgers fan now that you play for LA, and now you own the Red Sox. Like,
1: pick a fucking lane, dude. I guess it'll be the Red Sox. Do you think this is something that, as LeBron retires, I mean, he's still gonna have, he's still gonna be making money in retirement, um, that this could lead to him taking down the road a more advanced role in the ownership of the team and potentially buying even more stock.
0: Of the Red Sox, or just of the Fenway Sports Group in general. I don't, I don't think so because I know there's weird stipulations on owning teams and competing sports in the same market. So who else do you think he's going to own? That it'll be a competition. Cavaliers. Uh, so I don't know. So I don't. I mean, this
1: does eliminate him from buying the Celtics. Uh, to me, the big, the big picture of this is LeBron. Over the past decade, has. Metaphorically, owned the city of Boston, uh, beating them in at least five conference finals. I would say, the going Cavs, back to
0: the Heat days, <laughs> the Heat beat no, the Heat beat them in twenty twelve. The Cavs beat them in seventeen eighteen. The Big Three got him those first Cleveland go rounds.
1: That was young LeBron. This is LeBron. <laughs> oh, LeBron. This is LeBron. So yeah, I mean, it's great to see LeBron getting invested in baseball. And look, maybe this will be the first of many athletes. You know, buying into the game because ultimately LeBron, Mahomes, whoever it is, those are two of the most marketable guys in sports. I mean, Mahomes and baseball is, desperately needs that influx of energy. The, the baseball needs Mahomes to suit up for the Royals. I'd let him come in out of the pen for an inning. year probably throw some fastballs by guys still. One hundred percent. Or that you know what? I I'm, this is a crazy tangent. Why do you think Kaepernick
0: never tried his hand getting back into baseball? I just think I didn't that even I didn't think about it until now. But I that guy was
1: throwing a hundred. I just think he ultimately was so involved and caught up in his social justice initiatives, which I think was the right move to do. That I don't think he wanted to come off. Obviously, he's better than Tebow, but I don't think he wanted anything that could have come off as like a sideshow type of act. That would take away from the focus of what he was doing at the time. You sound like a lot of uh, chicken shit NFL owners. Such is life. To be clear, I am maybe a little bit chicken shit, but I'm not an NFL owner. Uh, So LeBron, good to see see you with the Red Sox ownership group. Uh, The next couple weeks we're going to do some of our season previews. uh, But this week what we are going to do is some over-under team win totals. Um, I'm not going to put it up on the other screen. I'm going to read them to you so that you can't get ahead of yourself. Uh, I'm not going to go through every team because that would be a long exercise, but I do have a few uh, earmarks. So we'll start with at the top, some of the teams rejected to win the most games. Uh, Dodgers, 102.5, over or under? Over by a lot. I'm taking over. I think this is an 110 win team. I would take it over on 110. Yankees, 95.5. I
0: think I'm going over. I mean, they won 100 the two years before last. And that was without Garrett Cole. Um, the lineup's really good. Of questions about the pitching, I got ninety-eight and
1: sixty-four. Yeah, that sounds about right. Over. Padres ninety-four and over. After. Love them. All right. Um, I'm going to say over. I think those two teams will be like the NL Central of 2015. Are you trying to? Th- what year are you thinking of? I'm thinking of the year where I think the Cardinals won 100, the Cubs won 98, and the Pirates won 97. Think flip the Pirates and the Cubs. Cubs had the uh, Pirates had the home playoff game. Twenty fifteen then. Yeah, the Mets World Series here, yep. Alright. Then you got uh the Braves at ninety one and a half. I'm taking the over here as well. Um ninety 90- I know that division got better, but ultimately the Braves did too. You're running back the same team as last year with Morton and Smiley and is,
0: It's such a it was so early in the
1: offseason, I keep forgetting that. I mean, uh, those are three huge components where you don't need to rely on the Ian Anderson's Kyle Wright's as much. I would take them at 92. That's an over. Uh of all these over-unders, I think the one that I like the most is this one: White Sox ninety-one and a half. To me, they are far and away the best team in that division. And for as much shit as we have given old white men the past couple weeks, uh, Tony LaRouche is a Hall of Fame manager for a reason. I'm going over. I think they're going to run away with the Central. I agree with the
0: over. But the one I like the most, I actually like the Dodgers over 102 and a half the most.
1: You're a firm believer. I mean, I, I don't know what that team's weakness is. And they roll out three aces. I think at this point we are just going to go down the list, just for the record. Uh, this is an interesting one. I'm going to put these two together. Twins 88 and a half, A's 87 and a half. I go under twins over A's. I think the A's are going to win the West again. I
0: would go under twins.
1: Can I push on the A's? Sure. At 87 and a half, I don't know where you're going to get that half a win, but I'm rooting for you. Uh, you know,
0: I'll take... I don't like betting against the A's because they always seem to win.
1: But I, I got to take the under. All right. We got three teams at 86 and a half. Astros, Blue Jays, Cardinals. Uh, I'm going to go slightly under for the Astros, slightly over for the Blue Jays, under for the Cardinals. Over, over, over. How many wins do you think the Cardinals finish with? 92. That's a lot. That's a 91. Lot. That's a lot for a team with some holes. Um Yeah, but their division is so,
0: they get so many games against the Pirates and the Reds. Rays 85 and a half. Under.
1: They traded away their best player. I'm going to go over 86 wins. I don't think they make the playoffs, though. Under. Uh, Nationals, 84 and a half. You know how I feel about the Nats. I'm going over.
0: It's another team I'd probably say right around 84, 85. So, said a lot of overs. Under. Also, I skipped the Mets at 90 and a half. What do you think?
1: Under. Under. Just the same thing with the Braves, but I don't think their lineup's as good. I'm going to go, you know what, I'll go under. 91 team. But they get a, a wild card spot. Angels, 83 and a half. It pains me to say it. I'm saying under. The pitching uh, still sucks. Yeah, but Chase, do I have to go through their lineup? I go through the lineup with you every week. That's great. They've had the same unbelievable lineup for years now. Although, Not true. Although, I will give a shout out. Shohei Otani. Um, uh, somebody on Twitter did a thing. Who do you think is going to lead baseball in war? I think it's going to be Otani in a landslide. He has been hitting nuclear home runs this spring. And they haven't had the same lineup for years. They added Rendon last year. And they stunk. I guess Otani also wasn't full strength. I'm going under. And yeah, uh, they have Upton. <sighs> they have all my boys. Dustin or uh, Dexter Fowler. Uh Reds 82 and a half. I'm going under. Well, how why are they so high? I I think they're thinking that Castellanos hits a ball. Suarez, deep to left. Castellanos bounce back. They don't miss Bauer that much, but I think they're gonna miss Bauer a lot, and the bullpen's still pretty bad for me. And Castellanos drive deep the left. And I'm fired. <laughs> uh, Brewers eighty two and a half. I love this over. We we've said. I think they. had a That's, really good season. I like that one more than that. And they got two dark horse Cy candidates. Are, Aboard, are they even dark horse? Um, Woodruff I think is more so than Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns bona fide is, is just. Stuck. I think more in the periphery of people's minds. Uh, Indians eighty one and a half. I'm gonna go slight over just because I think Bieber and Plesac and Jose will them to that. Under man.
0: Who, who who's hitting around Jose?
1: I'm not, not going to put up much of a fight with you on this one because I think they could also suck. I, I mean, I think there's a real chance they suck. Red so- And last, I mean, for whatever, I don't know what you want to take into this. Beaver's really good. But last time we saw him, he got absolutely lit up. He gave up nine runs today. Granted, only one was earned because Rosario making his debut in center. Three errors. Uh, Red Sox and Phillies, both 80 and a half. I'm taking the over at both. I think these are I think the Red Sox are teams. Uh, I think the Red Sox are a Dark Horse World Series team. I like them. Phillies, you think Over. I don't think they're going to be worse than a 500 team. They, they remap the bullpen. I mean, I
0: like I like a lot of their pieces, but there's something off with the team. I don't know what it is.
1: Cubs 79 and a half. Uh, I'm going to go with the under. I, I've been giving it a lot of thought. I, I, you're just you're hoping Baez and, and Bryant bounce back. You need to, you're, you're
0: relying on too many guys to bounce back, and you got rid of Darvish who almost won the Cy Young last year, and you
1: lose Lester. Well, that's the thing. I love Kyle Hendricks, but you can't have a rotation of Kyle Hendricks. And Jake Arrieta's back. But Arrieta, uh, Zach Davies, Hendricks, you have too many pitch-to-contact guys, in my opinion. I don't think that's a recipe for success. No,
0: it's not. When you are I mean, all these guys, Baez, I mean, it was granted, last year is what it is, weird season, but I just don't like, I, I think they just, they lost Schwarber, too. Giants, 75 and a half. Um, I'll take a
1: slight over there just because the bottom of that division is really bad. D-back, 74.5. Uh, same logic. I think I'm going to take a slight over. I like their rotation. So that might be, we, I mean, we might get Giants 77, D-back 75. I think that's completely uh, in line. And uh, Rockies. Royal, 72.5. Over. We love them. Big thumbs up over. Uh, Mariners, 72.5. Believe it or not, I'm going to take the over. I think this is going to be a 74 win team. I think Kalenic comes up and hits, and I love Marco Gonzalez. I don't trust... Who's in their rotation? Paxton. And Marco Gonzalez. And Mark. Uh, yeah, okay. Maybe Mike Leake still? <laughs> maybe Mike Leake. Maybe Jamie Moyer comes back? Never say never. This next one seems very hard for me, and I know they made the playoffs in a shortened season, but the Marlins at 70 and a half seems low. I, I would probably take... That, that's
0: low. That division's really tough. That probably impacts it. I think they're the fifth best team in that division, but I also think it's the best division in baseball. That division... I mean... It seems like that division could be
1: between ninety and seventy five. I like the over there. I do too. I think a full year of Starling Marte. You got Sixto uh Sandy Alcontrera and Pablo Lopez in rotation. I like the over there. And now we are at the bottom. Tigers sixty eight and a half. Chase, I'm so sorry to do this. Who won NL Manager of the Year last year? Tom Anaya. He did get it.
0: Yeah. Oh, good. I just just making sure. Yeah. Tigers sixty eight and a half. I think I got to go under.
1: I mean, you do you don't trust Hinch? Um, I like Hinch, but even those first two years with the Astros, they, I think, won, like, 60 games both years. Yeah, but the Tigers have Miggy. Great. I'm taking the under. Miggy's uh...
0: Rangers, 66 and a half. M- last, one quick point on Miggy. Miggy has to wake up every day being so happy that Albert Pujols is still employed by an MLB club.
1: Yep, it's going to be a rude awakening for Miggy next year. <laughs> Rangers, 66 and a half. Honestly, I like the under. I think Gallo is the only bat that scares me, and, uh... Kyle Gibson is their opening day starter announced today. Yeah, that's that recipe for under. All right, last three. Orioles, 64 and a half. Under. They suck. I agree. Right? Right? Uh, Possible over if the Felix injury is nothing. If they have Felix and Harvey opening day um, and Adley Rushman's up, maybe over. Question. Over under $6,400 I lose on the Baltimore Orioles this year. Depends how many stimulus payments there are this year. That's my contingency. <laughs> Rocky 64 and a half. I, I think I'm taking the under. They fucking suck, dude. That lineup is bad. And half their guys can't pitch in Coors Field. And last but not they're going to deal story at the deadline. Pirates 58 and a half. I'm taking the under. I That's think. a remarkably low. I think this is at best in a hundred. I think this is at best of 55 win team I mean, Vegas is.
0: Or is that. Bo- is the
1: Bavada odds? Yes. Bovada, yeah.
0: Bavada has them at a. Bavadas projecting they lose 103 games. It's
1: amazing. That's awful. It's amazing. Amazingly awful. Amazingly awful. Uh, so those are our over-under picks. Next, what we're going to get into is Major League Baseball on Thursday announced some new proposed rule changes that will be spread out throughout oh. the minor leagues that they're going to test them out. Um, basically, it, it they were proposed by the rules committee, and this is meant to increase the amount of balls in play. and. Um, Basically just try to make the game more exciting. Uh, so in AAA, you're going to have larger bases. Uh, each base is 15 sides long. The AAA bases this year will be 18. Each side is 15 inches long on the base. Uh, the AAA bases this year will be 18 inches square and be composed of a material that is expected to perform better in wet conditions. Uh, the subtle increase in size provides more room for players to operate around the bases Reducing the odds of the kinds of collisions that have caused foot and ankle injuries in the past. Uh, they are also hoping that this will lead to more ground balls, bunts, and stolen base attempts. Uh, with that kind of going hand in hand, at the high A, single le- single high A level, uh, there's a pickoff rule where now pitchers will have to fully step off the rubber before attempting a pickoff. Uh, so this is basically eliminating the Andy Pettit rule where a pitcher can raise the right knee up in the delivery and then throw to first. Uh, that is eliminated. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, to me, no harm, no foul. Um, I think this this might go a little bit too much in favor of the base runner, uh, but I am all for small ball and basic strategy of baseball coming back and stolen bases in general.
0: Yeah, stolen bases are cool. Um, I think I heard it's been over 30 years since someone stole 100 bags. I think it'd be cool to see 100, 100
1: bags. Brings it back. Makes the game more exciting.
0: And the pickoff thing, I mean... They shouldn't eliminate pickoffs, but this makes it much harder to
1: execute properly, which would increase the uh, which would speed up the game. It's good. Make some lefties. And with that, one thing I like in terms of pickoff limits at the low-way level, um, you'll have a limit on pickoff attempts combined with one other rule change, either pitch clocks or robo Uh Basically, you can only throw over two times per plate appearances on the third attempt if the runner's not thrown out. The move is ruled a balk, and any runners are automatically awarded the next base. This is one thing, to be honest with you, I completely love. We've all been at games where the guy just throws over, over and over, and you're yelling, pitch the fucking ball. I'm all for this one. Yeah, the Good home, job, Manfred. Home, home pitchers get booed a lot if they keep picking off. Now I'm going to say bad job, Manfred, uh, and that is a double A. They're trying to get rid of the shift.
0: Uh, I hate the
1: shift. Infielders can still shift to the other side of the diamond, but they must position themselves within the infield. I get why pitch by people hate the shift. It is certainly cratered left-handed hitters' productions, but to me, at the end of the day, if you are a Major League Baseball player, you should be able to bunt or hit the ball the other way, and the fact that these guys cannot do that is absolutely mind blowing for me. I don't think the shift is the problem. To be hundred percent honest with you, I think it is more so hitters' inability to adjust.
0: It's um, I mean, you're right. You're you're definitely right with everything you said. But at the end of the day, it's um, the shift's really annoying. To um, it takes away really well hit balls. Uh, so I don't like that. But I guess it depends who you want to put the onus on. If the onus on the hitters to hit better. Then, yeah, the shift shouldn't be outlawed. I mean, the shift shouldn't have to be in place. Hitters should be able to hit better. So, I guess that's what I say. Just don't hit
1: the ball where the players are standing. Correct. And that's my biggest thing is why as to why the shift shouldn't be banned. Uh, there's also going to be robo umps at the Southwest, low A. Uh, whatever, I have no opinion on this one way or the other. I just want I, to I ho-
0: the- Robo umps will never make their way to the major leagues.
1: Yeah, it seems like a long shot. And at low A West, there is going to be a new. Pitch clock, this one's going to go from 20 to 15 seconds. Honestly, as long as it doesn't screw up pitchers' routines and cause injuries, I'm all for this. Keep the game going. Uh, so all in all, a lot of these changes, good to solid. Uh, I'm just very much against banning the shift. Hitters just do better.
0: Yeah, I actually kind of like most of these things. Uh, Some, uh, At least they're trying stuff. and they're trying, And they're Baseball has this whole minor league system set up to try things
1: and to experiment with rules. So one guy that was pretty ship proof throughout his career because he consistently put the ball in play. Uh, after 15 years in the big leagues, the 37-year-old Nick Marcakis, he announced his retirement uh, he said, my number one decision and my main focus on this, obviously, is my kids and family. has uh, added that he's both fortunate and thankful to have been playing the game as long as he had. Uh, the seventh overall pick in 2003, he spent fewer than three years in the minors, debuted as a 22-year-old with the Orioles, hit 291, 351, 448 in 147 games, finishing sixth in the 2006 AL Rookie of the Year vote. Uh, he played for the Orioles nine years, which included a six-year, $66 million extension, helped the Orioles to a playoff... Uh, Birth in 2012 and 2014 after a long, long period without reaching the postseason. And as an Oriole, 290, 358, and I want to say 50, slash. I want to say they made it in fi- Well, Marquegis wasn't there, then. Marquegis was gone by that point? Marquegis was gone from there. He won two gold gloves in Baltimore. Uh, in his native Georgia with the Braves, four years, $44 million contract, and spent his next and final six seasons in Atlanta. 283, 357, 402. Made his lone all-star appearance in 2018 with the Braves. Also took home his third gold glove in a silver slugger. Absolute workhorse from twenty from two thousand six to twenty nineteen. He averaged one hundred fifty one games per year. Played in all one hundred sixty two games in twenty eighteen. And overall wraps his career two eighty three two eighty eight three fifty seven four twenty three batting line two thousand three hundred eighty eight hits one hundred eighty nine homers five hundred fourteen doubles and twenty two triples. Uh, under the radar guy. Again, highest war in his draft class. Uh, amazingly, for a guy who kind of always flew under the radar, retired with $120 million in earnings over 15 seasons. Uh, and to me, this is an incredible stat from Ryan Spader. He had 2,388 hits to just 1,969 swing and misses during his career. That's a guy who says, fuck the shift. I um, I was wrong.
0: Uh, It was the 2014 Orioles that lost to that Royal team
1: In the ALCS, they swept trout. They swept trout out of the playoffs. The Royals did. The, Ori- no, the Orioles did. No, the
0: Orioles swept
1: oh, the Merlander, Verlander, Price, and I think Chirgers. it was what? Tillman, Jeremy Guthrie, and Wee A. Chen, I think, started those three games, amazingly enough. I think Delman Young had his best season. For um, his best three games. So Marquakis. But Marquakis always respected the shit out of Marquakis. Just, I mean, when you think of like just a ball player, no frills, no bullshit, Nick Marquakis, as someone who sat in right field at Yankee Stadium, was in my season tickets with he my dad... He was always getting shit. He got fucking abused. Uh, The amount of times I heard Nick Marcakis, your mother's a uh, Yankee fan, or just, fuck Marcakis. Yeah, a lot of Nick Marcak faces out there. But a guy who had a really good career, and um, he would have been a very interesting barometer for the Hall of Fame, uh, only because at 35, if he had stuck around a few more years, which would have been plausible, I think, given that his production hadn't waned a ton and how respected he was. I mean, he's a good hitter. If he finished at 3,000 hits, though... He would have been a fascinating case as a single all-star and a guy who people always liked, but nobody ever throughout his career thought Nick Markakis Hall of Famer. And it really would have put to the test, in my opinion, is 3,000 hits. Does that make you a slam dunk Hall of Famer? Um, stronger Hall of Fame case, Markakis or Viscel? Had he
0: gotten to 3,000 hits or as is? I, I mean, I guess as is you're going to say
1: Viscel because the 3,000 hits. But I, I'm going with as is. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Omar just because ten eleven gold gloves is you know something that only a handful of players have done in baseball, and he also did it at shortstop, one of the premier. Markakis is kind of like Tim Raines, Tim Raines without the stolen bases the power Baines. numbers. Um, I think Baines had better overall numbers than Markakis. He was probably a year or two away, to be honest with you, of giving some decent consideration from the compiler standpoint. You know, if he gets over 25, you know what I'm actually going to compare him to with less power? A guy we talked about a few weeks ago, a very similar career to Luis Gonzalez. Yeah, but Luis Gonzalez has um Or maybe like a Sean Green. Like a guy where you look at the numbers, you know, you'll look back and be like, man, he was a really solid ball player. Like he's a, a
0: guy time. that, if he was a Yankee, he'd be a, he'd be a plaque guy, not a retired Jersey guy.
1: Yeah, would be Paul O'Neill.
0: There yeah,
1: there it is, Paul (laughs) O'Neill. He's Paul (laughs) O'Neill. He's Paul O'Neill without the rings. And, uh, you know, without breaking water coolers, at least to my knowledge. Uh, So Nick Marcakis, thank you for putting up with the Yankee fan shit for all of these years. Congrats on a great career. Wish you the best of luck in retirement. Uh, Now we will go to New York, to the Bronx, and uh, the injuries have started again for the Yankees. Uh, Zach Britton, the Yankees' setup man, he had arthroscopic surgery to remove a bone chip in his left elbow and will be shut down completely for six weeks will not likely be back on the mound for another three, four months. So this makes the Justin Wilson signing absolutely huge for the Yankees. Uh, Britton last year at his age 33 season held opponents to just four earned runs on a dozen hits and seven walks with 16 strikeouts and 19 innings in relief. 71.1% ground ball rate with the sinker has been incredible. He only allowed a pair of runs and five and a thirds in the postseason. Um, I mean, the Yankees got rid of Avino. They brought in Darren O'Day. They brought in Justin Wilson. Uh, But I guess my two questions for you are, how concerned should you be about this injury if you're a Yankee fan? And two, at what point is something going to give just with these random fucking injuries? Every year, it seems like, these past few years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it sucks with the injuries. And, I mean, Britton's a really good pitcher. When Britton's on, you don't want to fuck with a Britton Chapman
1: 8-9. Look, Britain at the end of the day, every time he takes the mound, it scares the shit out of me. Um, because he'll work into trouble. But more often than none, because of that sinker, he's going to get out of trouble. And to be honest, last year, he was the guy I wanted on the mound late over Chapman. Yeah,
0: he does that. I mean, that, that's not that's not a crazy take. Uh, especially if the other team
1: has a chance to, to walk off Homer. <laughs> Sad but true. I, I think the glass half full here is if you're a Yankee fan, is that... It's early. Look, it's, it's early. Britton will be fresher for the playoffs
0: now, hopefully. I mean, uh, look, it's an early injury. It's not a... This is not a career-ending injury. This is just a simple—this is a relatively simple procedure to get done. Uh, So you should bounce back fine. It's just a bad omen to start the season. So if you're into omens, then you wouldn't like this. If you're not into omens and you just want to see Giancarlo and Judge hit a bunch of homers, this will not impact that.
1: All right, before we get into uh, revenue sharing, i got a few other injuries I want to go through with you real quick. Uh, Carlos Carrasco. He said Sunday that he will be ready for the start of the season, but he had some elbow discomfort following a live batting practice session this week. Still has yet to make his spring training debut. Uh, given that behind DeGrom, you have Stroman, who didn't pitch at all last year. You have Carrasco, who hasn't made his debut yet this spring training. Um, and right now, Taiwan Walker, who really outside of last year, which his best year came in a 60-game season, hasn't been great. Uh, how concerned are you right now if you're a Mets fan on the state of your starting rotation rotation coming into the year?
0: I think Mets fans are uh, perpetually scared. But they that this should not be of concern to them. Uh you have Grom, who with hands down, best pitcher in baseball. Uh you think Syndergaard's gonna bounce back?
1: Yeah, I hope.
0: Um I mean
1: yes, I I personally do.
0: It's like well, and then you're just trying to piece together innings until um until what? Stroman? Stroman's fine. Carrasco, I don't think I mean if you were expecting a ton out of Carrasco, you probably weren't that high on the mess to begin with.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um you know, maybe David Peterson steps up there. It almost makes you wonder I was also, the Stephen Matz
0: trade worthwhile? Yeah, they did give up on Matz bizarrely. I mean, would you rather have Matz or I don't know, they kinda like Matt's. He was comfortable, he knew what he was doing there. Uh so you know, I mean, I still think they are what they are. I don't think Carrasco coming up late will impact them one way or the other.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I think Carrasco, I mean, when you think about what he's overcome these past few years, he's going to be just fine. Yeah, he, um, good deal, Carrasco. These other two injuries, I don't have a ton of commentary on, but I just thought I would include him. Uh, Austin Nola, fractured left middle finger, the... Padres' starting catcher is looking like he will be out for opening day. Uh, And Forrest Whitley, who was the Astros' top pitching prospect, he is getting Tommy John for the second time. Uh, At only 23 years old, maybe he makes his way back, but uh, not looking great at the moment. So for those teams, for NOLA, for Whitley, we're hoping for the best. We'll see what happens there. Uh, But back to what I mentioned before, the new revenue-sharing plan plan for this season. Uh, After being halted altogether in 2020 due to the pandemic, MLB's revenue-sharing system will be altered this year. Uh, smaller market clubs will only receive half of the normal amount of funds this year, with the other half coming in 2022, and the league itself will be covering the 2021 payments in a loan deal, with the larger market teams expected to eventually pay the MLB back. However, expected may be a loaded term, as several execs think that this is just a loan for the sake of optics, uh, while league source insist otherwise. Um, given that revenue-sharing has always been a big fight to begin with, how do we think this sets the league up in their labor talks at the end of the season? Even amongst the owners themselves, because you have these small market teams who are always crying, "We need more money, more money," and the big market teams who are just saying, "Why the fuck should we give up any of our money to you?" Um, this is my other labor uh, part of the notes, just to bring it closer. Can, can you right? can you just go over the, the, the thesis again? Basically, my question for you is: uh, You know, revenue sharing is already a contentious issue within the CBA. Uh, and you're in a situation right now where the large market teams are going to be getting their full share and have to pay it back, but they don't think they're going to have to pay it back. That's what a lot of executives have said uh, to The Athletic who reported this. And the small market teams are only going to be getting half of what they would normally be getting in revenue share coming off of a year where revenue was already down across the board. Do you think that even within the ownership group, this is going to lead to something contentious when the CBA expires at the end of the year?
0: Well, the owners the owner's number one priority is fuck the players. <laughs> That's across sports. That's not just I'm not picking on you baseball owners. Uh but baseball does have the large scap of haves and have nots across sports. So I mean I'm sure the I'm sure these small market teams aren't happy. Like pirate, pick on the pirates again. I mean they can't be happy with this sort of thing. Um so are they gonna be upset? Yeah, the, of course they'll be pissed. I mean, you get you own a baseball team by having a ton of money, being cutthroat in business. That's just how it works. So
1: I'm sure they can rally around the cause of fuck the players. So you saying that is a perfect transition for my next point. Uh, a bunch of players' contracts, which are unilaterally renewed by their team, which is the reality if guys haven't hit arbitration yet, three full years of service time, the team just decides what you make. Uh, so Shane Bieber last year. Uh, won the Triple Crown, he was the best pitcher in baseball. Won the Triple Crown in all baseball. Won the AL Cy Young, I believe, unanimously. Uh, Definitely, and, he, unanimously. and he's going to be making six hundred seventy nine thousand seven hundred dollars this year. Uh, which, unless he reaches a long term deal, he's going to be el- el- eligible for arbitration next year. That's what he's going to make. Uh, Pete Alonso, even in a down year last year, still managed the ball. He's making six hundred seventy six grand. Uh, these are two of eight players. McNeil. Former All Star, six hundred forty-two grand. Kyle Lewis won the AL Rookie of the Year last year. He's only making six hundred twenty-five grand. What if you are Tony Clark in the Players Association? Is your proposal to prevent this from happening where you have guys uh, who just ball out pre-arbitration? I, I mean, these are small Bieber, the Bieber Tatis Sotos. Those are extreme examples. But even guys who have solid production those first two years, there's just no reward and compensation for it. And it's so simple: as if you're really good at your job and you don't get a raise year after year. You're gonna say, "What the fuck is this? This is bullshit." How? What? What if you are the player association? What is your proposal, if anything, to fix this? I know that's a huge question, but I mean,
0: it has to be shorter deals for draft picks, right? It, I mean, you have to. I, I I don't really get how arbitration is allowed. Arbitration seems like it's a big uh, it's
1: indentured servitude.
0: Yeah, it seems like Kurt Flood would not stand for it. Kurt Flood would not stand for this. It's it's really, I mean, indentured servitude is just a, it's it is slavery, at a point. It's, it's. I mean, sports is the only industry in America where the better you perform out of school, the worse company you land at. I think Yeah, wow. Everything else is the other way around. Uh, so I guess the way to fix it, that just. I mean, I. Baseball is weird
1: because there's still the minor league development system, that and that's the thing. For like, you know, it's easy to compare it to the NFL and the NBA, where but you can't. where you know NFL you get four years and then a player option if you're fifth first round because you go right
0: to the league. Basically.
1: NBA you can get that super max right away after that first contract, but again, you're playing in the league right away. You know, I don't know if this looks like the minor league years count towards a player's service time, and they click it that way. I think I think that's I think that's how something's
0: got. I think change. That, I think that's the way to make it. Uh, fair is what you're going for having minor league years count towards a player service time is the best way to
1: do it like here's an example if you're a guy if you're a Latin American player you sign at age 16 say you're in the minor leagues for 4 years you, and then you no, have another 7 years before you get free agency that's 11 years under your employer before you're able to get your free market value yeah
0: I, but that's Latin, crazy i mean
1: are you talking about Latin draft picks or are people who sign i'm trying to th- I just use Latin American players in general because American players you can't sign until you're 17, 18 out of high school. Yeah, but I
0: mean, if you're... God. If you're, I mean, what was his name? Was it Rosny Castillo that the Red
1: Sox gave $70 million to and never played? Sure, but that's an extreme on the other end. The majority of these guys, even the guys who get drafted out of high school, you, you get drafted at 18, you spend three, four years in the minors, 22. You know, again, it's still the timeline. It's 10, 11 years working under one employer before you're getting paid your fair market value.
0: I won't name my boss, but I'm coming up on a year and a half. No pressure.
1: So a lot of
0: pressure. You hear where I stand on this. <laughs> um, you got about ten more years before I'm going to demand a raise.
1: Again, though, if we feel this strongly about it,
0: you have to think that the players who well, it just seems. It, I mean, uh, it's fucked. It's. I mean, it's real. It's not. I. I don't know what the labor deal did. I, whoever. I mean, baseball, again, We I always harp back on this. Baseball has an antitrust exemption. They don't have to do anything right. They play by their own rules.
1: It's it's crazy that they still have the antitrust exemption, and, and they won't lose it anytime soon. They, they won't uh, lose
0: it anytime soon. I don't even – I mean, uh,
1: what would it take for baseball to lose it? Because when
0: base, certain congressmen have gone after that antitrust exemption, it does not work. No, that ship has sailed. Unfortunately, it's uh. I mean, they're just gonna be able to operate as an illegal monopoly. I guess the NFL operates as an
1: illegal monopoly tech as well, but they they don't have that exemption. We won't go too deep down this rabbit hole, but you know, again, when a guy like a Shane Bieber is unquestionably the best player at his position the next year and gets essentially no raise or compensation increase, well, that that that's terrible optics by the baseball club. That's well. I mean, we don't even need to go with the terrible optics for the baseball club. <laughs> There's a reason we're calling them the baseball club, even though that's not their real names. <laughs> I mean, how do you not even as... A, how do you not get that guy to a million You
0: give dollars? him the courtesy raise. You give him a... Just to keep him happy. Because at the end of the day, players remember this shit. They might oh. say that they
1: don't, but they're going to remember.
0: I don't even... Why would they say they don't? They will fucking remember if you win the Cy Young and do not get a raise. If you're the best at your sport, at your... If you If I was the best at my job... And people who are much worse at my job than I am making ten times more than me. Uh,
1: I'm just Garrett Cole makes what forty five million a year. Garrett Cole. Well, Garrett Cole makes wait, no, Bauer, So Bauer set the market. Bowers I think making forty two million this year.
0: Bowers making seventy times what Shane Bieber did. And Bowers the best in his league. Bieber was the best in his league. Same pitch in the same state. Pitch in the same state. Um, Both cities started with a C. I mean, their last their last names both we'll we'll start, start with, with the, a B, <laughs> and I think going into last year, they both had the same Cy Young odds.
1: This was a good take. We just had a lot of good takes there. A ton of good. To- I don't remember the question. Tony Clark, we're ready when you need the legal counsel. Uh, we mentioned how the Orioles are going to stink, and I still need Tony the-
0: Clark and um, I'll use a, know, and our friend. If you need legal counsel, coach, I gotcha. I think I've already given him some legal counsel. <laughs>
1: But then he called the real lawyers, and they gave him the opposite advice of me. So who knows what to believe anymore? Uh, who knows what to believe with lawyers General, in general? Uh, the Ori- Orioles are still not going to be great, but they did add a veteran to their lineup. Uh, John Haman reported they agreed to a terms uh, with third baseman McCall Franco. Uh, Franco, uh, again, not... No, not a move that's going to jump off the page, but last year, Rio Ruiz started a third. He hit 229, 299, 393 with an 84 WRC plus for the Orioles the past two seasons. Uh, last year in Kansas City, uh, Franco latched on after being cut loose by the Phillies, hit 278, 321, 457. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to add to this other than Franco is an upgrade, but it's still going to be a long ways to go for the Orioles.
0: Yeah, it, Franco's a decent. I mean, that's not a terrible piece. You can kind of. Flip, it's just a solid veteran piece. You, you, best case scenario, you flip him at the deadline. You flip oh, – Nah, best case is he's – Maybe you want to – I mean, he's still young, right? I just looked him up. Forgot to look up his age. But I still think of him as a young – He's 28. Um, He's 28. You'd probably have to stick around five – In the five to ten year range to see that Orioles turnaround uh, come to <laughs> fruition. But I don't know. Is it is it inconceivable that Franco is the Orioles all-star rep?
1: You like how I'm doing this now with the shitty teams? No, nah, I can tell you, guaranteed, who their all-star reps going to be. Roushman? There's no scenario where Trey Mancini coming off of cancer is going to... I also think production-wise, he'll be the best player in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Last time we saw him hit, he was a 35-homer, 100-ribby guy, but... There's no way he's not going to the All-Star squad. Well, you're making good points, Chase. Yeah, I gotta. I like when you make good points. Put me <laughs> in my place. Write it down. Uh, I got two COVID updates. One is based on what we talked about last week. Uh, would the league make an example of Jose Ramirez and Fran Mil- uh, Reyes, who got dismissed from the Indians briefly for COVID violations? And the answer was no. We recorded the podcast, I believe, on Monday, and they were back with the team on Wednesday.
0: Bad <laughs> optics, in my opinion. The baseball club and optics chase—they are. But I think this is bad optics
1: for the MLB. It's world gotta world do, you gotta do. you have to do something, even if it's a bullshit. This was just like, okay, you went home for a day. It's it's like you didn't have to practice in the heat. You got to sit at home. Come back now, like you could just drink beers with the fellas in uh, in Zonia, that Arizona sky chase, that Arizona sky. Bad optics, and we had our first uh, positive COVID test in the first past couple weeks. Uh, Joey Votto of the Reds—he's on the shelf with COVID nineteen. Uh, But I mostly wanted to bring up Vado because I was looking at his numbers and projecting out two, three years. Um, If Vado say has average seasons the next three years, let's say 15 homers, 150 hits, uh, do you think he sniffs Cooperstown? No, you don't even think sniffs. Because if you do that and compare Vado and Edgar's numbers, they are very similar. And Vado also has an MVP, a runner-up finish, and multiple Silver Sluggers and Gold Gloves. Uh, He also led the league in. on base percentage nine times, which is I think the third or fourth most all time. I mean, not led the league, but finished in the top ten.
0: I mean, there are other reasons for it. More of his off-field stuff is what's going to end up getting him to Cooperstown more so than the on-field stuff. I think it'll be a combo of the two,
1: and and I think me and you said it last week. I think voters uh, look no further than Edgar. Certainly, do value when one player plays his entire career with the team.
0: I mean, he um, he's a good, he's a funny dude. Fun loving guy, free spirit. Um, you know he's got. He walks at, uh, at. what do they say in dodgeball? Separate the uh, awkwardly feminine from the possible Canadian. I'd say that's Joey Votto to a T. Uh, great dude. Uh, nothing but the best. But he's not gonna. I mean, Dale Murphy has two MVPs and didn't get in. Votto won't get in with one. That's a that's
1: a very spot on comparison there. Uh, all right, I got a few fun random tidbits to wrap up. Uh, we talked about the Dodgers. You hammered the over for 102 and a half. Uh, David Price said he is open to moving into a bullpen role, uh, which is what he did when he came up. He actually closed out the 2006 ALCS, Eight. 2008 ALCS against the Red Sox uh, for the Rays. If you're them, do you think it's more valuable to have David Price or Julio Urias as that fireman two three inning role? Um, I. Th- I mean, this is a different. Year. I mean, this year, I don't. I, this
0: year, really, with the pieces they have, they can't do anything wrong. Yeah, it's a complete win-win situation. <laughs> you really can't do anything. Uh, I I think in the long run, you want to get your ass more rotation reps because he is your ace going forward. He is. He projects to be a top end of the rotation.
1: Start. I also think if Price is on board with it, he didn't pitch at all last year. He opted out. Uh, if nothing else, he starts that role. I mean, guys are always going to get hurt. Um, I mean Kershaw and Bueller. I, I mean like Price, I mean, another guy, great dude. Uh, he's a, I mean he's a pro. He's a pro. I don't, I don't have any doubt. If Price says he's going to, go to do something, he'll do it. It's just, I, I mean, it's unbelievable that we're having this conversation of David Price or Urias in the pen. It just shows how unbelievably strong and deep this team's pitching and I, the, rotation is.
0: The, the advantage with with messing around with Price starting him in the pen is, I would just have a little more confidence giving Price the heads up. You're starting this day, and then going back to the pen. That can kind of mess with the
1: young kid's head. Although Yurius has done it remarkably well the past few postseasons. Yeah, but that's a postseason thing, this is a regular season thing. Yeah, I think Urias is 24. He long-term is going to be the guy you want in the rotation, so I agree with you. Another lefty in the NL West, Blake Snell, um, he was talking about the new balls this year and noticed that the laces are thicker in the new baseball, which he said allowed him to dig his fingers so he can more easily throw breaking balls and noticed that fly balls are not carrying as much as they might have previously, saying it's definitely a different ball. So to break down those two points, uh, if pitchers can grip the seams better to throw better-off speed pitches... Uh, But on the flip side, fly balls aren't carry at, well, I guess I'm actually, as I'm saying this, uh, the question is, yes, across the board. Uh, How much do you think offense is going to be down if fly balls don't carry as much and pitchers can throw nastier breaking balls? And is that good for the sport, given that we're saying all these things about wanting to put the ball in play, and then you're putting a ball in that's going to lead to fewer fly balls and potentially more strikeouts because of nastier breaking balls? I, I think the homers are cool. But, uh, well, I think
0: the most fun having at a, at a stadium is when a pitcher is just on.
1: Yeah, we've been to those games. And I, awesome.
0: I think when your pitcher is dealing, I think that's just, I mean, I think in a perfect, you'd see a lot of 4-2 games, 3-1 games. I, I think that's, so that's, that's the sweet spot. I think that, that, um that's just, you, know, you want like a, maybe a 4-3. You don't want to, you don't want these offensive explosions happening every night. Uh, So you want the pitchers to dominate because it's, you know, it's really fucking hard to hit a baseball. I was in a batting cage recently. I think I cranked up to 60 or 70. By the second batch of 10, I was fouling them off. So, uh, kudos to people who can do it. But uh, I don't even know what I'm rambling about here. I think offense will be down. Offense will definitely be down with these ball changes. I don't think that's a doubt. No doubt on that one. Is it good for the game? It should be good because then you'll really... I'm trying to. I don't know who to pick on here. Who's someone that sucked but did really had a bunch of homers recently? Chris Davis with uh, both Chris Davis is honestly. There you go. I mean, this should avoid. I mean, this does help teams. It helps. It will. With stuff like this, you won't be seeing. I mean, Chris Davis on the Orioles. He's another one that's a little happy. Pools is still in the league because between him and him, Miggy and Pools, is it a
1: first base issue? can even leave uh, the past few years. You can leave Votto in there also, to be honest with you. Well, look, look, Even though look, I'm arguing for him to be a Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, so yeah. Freeman. Fre- I, Freddie's different because Freddie's old. so Votto, dude. <coughs> Va- Bless you. Hey. Votto, I mean, Votto would always get on base. I mean, Votto even down still gets on base. Which Cruel
1: seems to not want to do anymore. We'll see what happens with the ball, but I just thought it was something worth bringing up. Uh, I got a few fun shout outs, real quick. The first is to uh, Luis Guillorme, who, after going down 0 2 against Jordan Hicks this week in the Mets Cardinals game, uh, he worked a 22 pitch at bat to eventually walk. See, that? that's the sort of thing that would drive a casual
0: fan crazy, but a lifelong, like diehard baseball fan will find that to be top five coolest thing uh, of the previous So he of fouled off challenge.
1: 16 pitches including nine straight before getting ball four. I uh, saw 10 pitches that were 99 miles per hour fastball. Uh, Hicks threw fastballs As high as 101.4 miles per hour and sliders ranging from 83.2 to 91.9 miles per hour. And it really sucks with Jordan Hicks, who had Tommy John surgery in 2019, opted out of the 2021 season, after the 2020 season. And this was his first uh, appearance back on a major league mound. And he lasted one batter because he threw 22 pitches.
0: (laughs) Yeah, shout out to both. Because that was a fun Twitter. How long, did you have an actual... Do you have a real lifetime? How long that at bat took? I think it was like three to four minutes. I don't know
1: offhand though. Um, could have been even longer. As it I'm was saying. definitely longer, but I don't know what it was. Yeah, that's a long time. Pitch clock isn't helping you on that one. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Hall of Famer. Roy. But who
0: does that hurt more, the pitcher or the hitter? I feel like it's hard. I feel
1: like it's very underratedly hard. How it hurts the pitcher more though, because at the end of the day, there's another batter right after. Uh, for the pitcher, that's twenty-two pitches to then not even get it out. That's like a bad inning, twenty two pitches. And you spend that on one batter who you walked.
0: Oh, you're making me feel sad.
1: fucking yoga tomorrow. I'm I'll sorry. bring you. I'll bring you back up. <laughs> that uh, made me sad too. Shout out to Hall of Famer Roy Doc Holliday. This is just such an incredible uh, tweet to me. His last game was eight years ago, and he still leads all baseball in complete games since 2009. I know the complete games have kind of gone by. Dude, the I, outside, I, but again, that's a crazy stat.
0: Yeah, but they might be coming back with the. Um with the new balls. Um, Not with the 22-pitch at-bats. It'll be very hard to throw a complete game and have a 22-pitch at-bat in there.
1: So I read this article in the – It's hard to
0: get a complete game if you
1: have a 22-pitch inning. there. Yeah, you need to have like a couple 7-8-pitch innings then. Or just be a workhorse like a Bauer who's going to throw 120 pitches and be fine. Um, I was reading this article in The Athletic about Adam LaRoche retiring and, and when he retired in 2016 – where does him retiring and giving up $13 million essentially because his son Drake couldn't hang in the dugout anymore rank in terms of the craziest retirements in the history of sports? Um, like It wasn't like they asked him to take a pay cut. He was going to be the starting first base, but it's not like his role was diminished. They just said, your son can't hang in the dugout, and he said, no, I don't need the money. I'm going to go home. I mean, why do people retire? They retire to hang out with their kids.
0: And, I mean, $13 million a lot of money it's a lot of money but you know um i don't think
1: anyone gave him a hard time for doing it because it was a good cause no and all of his teammates took his side not the front office side because they loved adam and drake laroche that much that yeah. was the <laughs> year chris sale also cut off the sleeves on his jersey the white Sox clubhouse that year was bad news i think that was the year ventura got the axe
0: uh sounds like someone needs to get the axe and it was not kenny williams
1: no, Kenny Williams and Rick Khan have been there... Because they will for, never be Kenny Williams time, or... you know, At this point... I mean, look, we know if there's one thing from the last dance, Reinsdorf is loyal to the front office to a fault. He's loyal to the wrong guys. To look at point. Jerry... He chose Jerry Krause over Jordan and Pippen. I mean, how do you choose anybody
0: over freaking Jordan? I like... I don't even... I wasn't even alive for these Bulls titles, and... Like I get offended when people insult Michael Jordan. I'm insulted... First, I, I am insulted by Space Jam 2. And my sister and I theorize we don't like Space Jam 2 because even as kids who grew up post Michael Jordan, when we watch Space Jam, we think, oh, this makes complete sense. Michael Jordan could beat a bunch of aliens in basketball. But LeBron, we don't have that feeling. And I don't think, like, I saw LeBron lose to the fucking Jazz the other week by 30 points. MJ's not doing that. MJ could go to Moron Mountain and win. Um,. So,
1: White Sox 2016 was a disaster. Anyway, and to wrap this up, we don't usually go into the tabloids, but this did involve baseball. Dude,
0: I don't know if it's true. No,
1: don't worry. So, it was reported on Friday that A-Rod and Jennifer Lopez had broken off their engagement. Uh, Everyone was going crazy, and then they announced uh, this weekend that they never officially broke up. They are working through some things. They have hit a rough patch, but they are not broken up. Um, so I'm going to first start this from the baseball world. How much of a bullet with that in mind did the MLB dodge by the fact that Steve Cohen hopped back in to join the Mets, to purchase the Mets? Because if you had had a couple (laughs) that was breaking up immediately after assuming ownership, that is the absolute worst case scenario.
0: No, because then you still had, I mean, yes, no, you're right. I don't even know why I'm trying to argue the other side here. You would, that would be a disaster. Because you saw with the, the you saw it with the Dodgers. No, it wouldn't have been as bad since they're not... I don't know what their bank accounts look like. Depends on if they're joint finances. Because, I mean, you could just have two separate owners, one being A-Rod, one being J-Lo. The problem is once you mix finances and every asset one person owns it belongs to the other in a divorce settlement. So I don't know if it would have been as bad as you think, but from an optics perspective, that would have been a very typical mess.
1: So it's funny you bring up optics, and this is going to be my last point. for We love to the bring up optics, Jason. If A Rod and J Lo had split up, which it still might, the past few years have been the years of A Rod. A Rod is back and beloved by the media. But if they split up at that point, do you think the majority of the people would go back to hating A Rod again? Uh,
0: I never hated A Rod, so I'm the wrong person to ask. But my guess is, uh, my guess is a lot of people would go back to hating A Rod because a lot of because people love J Lo. I mean. Do you have any go to? What's your favorite J Lo? Uh, what's your favorite JLo thing? I'm just, I'm just Jenny from the block. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. I think I brought this up on this podcast before, but her song with uh, LL Cool J. I love that song.
1: All I have. Time is what you, you know. Listen to that. Yeah, don't play it right now. We could run into some copyright issues.
0: So. Should I? Time is what you have, baby girl. I'm. Time is what you had, baby girl. I'm what you have. I think that's the line A-Rod used to, to save him.
1: I also liked her movie Hustlers. I enjoyed that. Is she a good actress?
0: No, but I enjoyed the movie. She does that cop show on what CBS, maybe? Bad boys, bad boys.
1: What like, you gonna do? I think they pulled cops from the air. Or did I make that up? I don't know offhand, but there's a lot of reasons why I think in 2021 that could definitely be the case. <laughs> so, before we go down a political rabbit hole, uh, that's all I got for this week. Any concluding thoughts for this week's show? Well, I'll go down a political rabbit hole. No, it's uh, get your flu shot for sure. Get your flu shots, get your vaccines, and uh, enjoy St. Paddy's Day. It's one of the few days a year uh, where you can go out and get drunk and not have to apologize to anyone for that, and that is pretty cool. For me, that's every day, brother. That's why you're wearing the cowboy hat, and I'm just sitting here wearing a Tiger shirt, a last place team. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Midorski. This is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Enjoy.